Welcome to the Many Kings. It's Wayne here, and I'm excited to share with you our final episode of season one. This podcast is for Black, queer, disenfranchised Gen Zs who are passionate about showcasing Black-owned businesses and being included in challenging discussions about the status quo of modern society and generational curses. Our topic for this episode is love, sex, and communication. We'll be touching on things like communication styles, love languages, Black love, and sex education from a practical, modern, and historical perspective. So without further ado, I present you our 13th episode. All right, welcome back to another episode, everyone. My name is Wayne Messam. I have here with me my other host, Wayne Tajay. What's up, y'all? And for today's episode of Love, Sex, and Communication, we have two guests with us. We have Jermaine. Hi, guys. And we have Greg. Hi. Returning guests from uh, previous episodes. We love to have you guys back. How are we feeling so far today, guys? Just checking in on everyone. Exhausted, but you know, we're here, we're up. Mm -hmm. Um, We're getting to the day. Nice. You're right. uh, I'll be asking this question again at the end of the episode. So just let me know how you're feeling right now. <laughs> I'm feeling fresh off of 420. It's April 21st. Um, this is our last episode. I'm very excited, very happy to be here, guys. You guys know what the vibes are tonight. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's been a good day. I'm excited about this episode. Uh, yeah, ask me again how I'm feeling after this in case I'm <laughs> crying in 10 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Greg? Uh, yeah, I think things are going pretty good. Um, just staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, on our discussion on love, sex, and communication, um, we're going to be uh, talking about all the different types of love and things like that. So, a very basic place for like the most sociopathic of people would probably kind of look for a definition of love from Google. So we will start there and then get more complex as we're going. Right. And these questions are kind of designed to kind of meet you at where you're at on where your understanding of love and kind of going from there. So um, Google has two types of definitions for love, a noun definition of love and a verb definition of love. For nouns, it is an intense feeling of deep affection and a great interest and pleasure in something. And for verb, it's to feel deep affection for someone or to like or enjoy um, very much of something. Yeah, another thing, uh, another, and these are also the facts, by the way. Um, another thing uh, that love has going on for itself is that um, there is a very thin line between love and hate. And some would even say that they are the same thing. How do you guys feel about that? I somewhat agree to that statement, that last, state, that last statement about love. I think love and hate are extremes of the same thing. I think it's just the amount of energy, the kind of energy you put towards it is what you get. Solid. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like I like what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think same thing. I think also it comes down to when it comes to hate, I think it's just the aspects of the relationship that you could hate. It doesn't necessarily mean you hate the entirety of the relationship. 
Mm. Um, I think that's something that's also considered. At least I can say for me, if I generally hate the entirety of the relationship, there's no love. It's usually kind of like, well, let me rephrase that. I love to say I hate someone absolutely. I love people from a distance. That's probably the better way to put it. I don't really hate people. Um, but I hate what people do sometimes. But that's, mm. that's different. Well, I'm going to actually push back on that, actually. Like, I wasn't expecting to, but I'm actually going to push back on that because I feel like, you know, you kind of have to leave room for, like, hate for people just to be able to filter that emotion out of you, you know? Um, I feel like that's when you truly get to understand that the person in front of you I don't know how to put it. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? It's kind of like no, when you refuse. Was... It's kind of like when you refuse to exude a negative emotion, it gets backed up inside you, and then it causes all ty- different types of problems, like resentment and stuff like yeah, that. You mean you gotta you gotta let everything out? Like you yeah. gotta you gotta feel yeah. all your feelings for for whatever however you gotta feel it to get over the person or to just get to understand all your feelings for for the person yeah but that might yeah. just be me but like like i don't know uh how it is for other, other people I, I only live my experience but that's an interesting perspective i didn't think of on um, there bouncing off that though what is your definition of love uh so for me i mean it's actually kind of similar to what it says on google you know that strong affection that you have for people it doesn't have to necessarily just be uh, like a romantic thing it can be like a way that you have for friends family um also just like an interest in people in general but so it's at least it's hard for me to say that like i genuinely hate someone i always kind of more of like i hate what the action someone does so like you know just general people i run like meet up with i generally have an interest in wanting to know them who they are what they like and dislike um so it's, it's always been kind of hard for me to say that i hate you know people i would dislike yeah. the people but that's you know probably the closest I ever get to that. And Wayne? Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, it, it mine aligns with Google for sure. I, I don't have a complicated definition of love myself. Yeah, I, you know, it's that intense, strong, like passionate feeling you get for somebody who, it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic always, but um, you know, when you just, are happy when you think about them or you do something for them or they do something for you i think that exchange of energy is just what love is for me so you know it doesn't get any more complicated or simpler than that how about you oh me or jermaine (laughs) you (laughs) oh um uh, for me love i kind of see it in both ways the kind of noun version and the um verb version and it, it was interesting when i was like looking at the google definition of it actually because how I kind of made sense of it was like love isn't just an internal thing. It's also an external thing, you know, and how it feels for like an internal thing is like an, an extreme emotion or passion for someone or something and things like that, which heavily relates to like the noun version of it. It's like, you know, like you're filled with love and stuff like that. Right, um, right. But the external version of, um, of it more so relating to the verb part of it, I kind of saw it as like, you know, something that you do for someone, things that like you kind of like are actively doing and things like that like um a big like kind of catalyst for that has to do with like the love languages and like it in practice like love in practice yeah like that's how how i kind of like viewed love and kind of had a definition for it so like when people say that like when you're in a relationship and you love someone inherently for me i feel like 
whether you love someone or not is regardless of if that person like loves you. It's just something you either feel either internally or you're showing externally. Jermaine? Um, I pretty much agree with Google. I feel like it is like deep rooted feelings for something or someone. I didn't necessarily look at it as an action, like a verb, but like, I don't know, talking about it more, I'm like, oh, I understand that it definitely is a verb as well. (laughs) Yeah, right. It kind of shook me as well. I didn't think of it that way either. Um, I never heard the term making love before. I mean, love, I... (laughs) I don't know. I feel Even like in that way, it's still different. using a noun, though. Yeah. That's yeah. Noun. <laughs> I mean, okay. you can say I love this thing. Mm-hmm. You got me. Yeah. You got. You got me. So right. <laughs> we got someone who just joined in. Another one of our hosts, Tay. Uh, hello, how you Tay. doing, Tay? How you hello, feeling? Hello, hello, hello. I feel okay. <laughs> um. So we're just starting on our first question what is your definition of love so care to share oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> what is I'm, love i don't know you guys i don't know i don't I, have, I don't have a specific definition for that i don't does love, anybody love means a hundred things <laughs> okay probably not a hundred but like ten Go ahead, speak yeah. on it, friend. Speak on it. No, I can't go into like it's complicated. Love is complicated. Would it help if we gave you Google's definitions? No, I don't trust Google. That's fair. So, I love it's very fair. <laughs> that is very fair. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna make my own definition. How about love is complicated? I'm just leaving it at that. Period. All right. Perfect. Okay. Yes. She said what he said. Awesome. So oftentimes. We reach adulthood searching for the love we wish we had received as an adolescent. So how do you use that knowledge when looking for a partner? You mean like when people or do you daddy- even use that knowledge when looking for a partner? When people have daddy issues? Is that what you're talking about? Um, I don't I don't know. Define daddy I mean, issues. What what are you what are you thinking about when you say daddy issues? Your father no, never loved you. There. Your father was never there. He never loves you. So you go to someone else who's going to be father figure to you. And that's what they call it daddy issues. You're looking for the love of an older guy. <laughs> and, your, and your question is like, uh, if that's what I'm talking about, as far as like looking for a partner and stuff like that. Yeah. People say, you know, mommies and daddies. Um, I feel like that's a very specific example a, of, <laughs> of that. Of that, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. that's a specific type of um, daddy issues. And like, I would say, yeah, me. that does count. Okay. Yeah. So like, is that something you think about? Is that even something you think about um, when you're like looking for a relationship? I mean, it, it, it depends on listen, like listen, where you're listen, at. Listen, 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 listen. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you are, you're looking for a hole to fill that empty spot that was never there so it's like you go for it I just, I, all right yeah go for it but if that's what what you want you feel me i feel like people have to unpack that you know what i mean like i think some people don't necessarily go through their adolescent trauma while they're dating at least in our 20s and i think that that's why we we maybe go through like these little like hurdles or these little like mishaps in these relationships because we're trying to fill like these holes or these voids you know because of something that we haven't necessarily resolved when we were younger but um you know like i guess some people could be into that as well people who have unpacked that gotten over it but then still decide to like you know i don't know uh, that 
But I, I feel like that just depends on where you're at with that. But not everyone has uh, has to deal with with those things as well. Solid, solid. What do you guys think, Jermaine? Uh, Greg? Oh, wait, me or- I forgot the question. <laughs> um, so like, is, uh, I can, like, I can repeat the statement and the question, but we kind of like, were talking about a different question there, weren't we, of, of like, should it even be um, something that you're thinking about when looking for a partner? But um, yeah, we can start there. I mean, I feel like people subconsciously look for that in a partner, like things they didn't have as a child or just things that they, they are attracted to because you can have like a good upbringing and a good childhood and still look for someone that's like like your dad or like your mom because that's Very just true. like what you're like like what you're they, into and they say we we do that they don't they say that people tend to do that sometimes yeah they, they, like, basically they would, yeah date their parents in a way <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm definitely with you on that and i think uh i think the biggest thing i think is just like the journey that you take from birth until you're an adult or, or even if you're younger and you're dating you know um just the relationships that you have or relationships that you're looking for i can say that really for me even for me whenever i dated i always kind of think about every relationship that i've been in or been no relationships that i currently have with people you know with like friends family and then people i have dated in the past you know things like that i always kind of think about that and then the most important thing that I would think is, and, and, and no one does this, is, you know, take a minute to kind of pause and talk to yourself and make sure that, you know, you take a minute to actually listen to like how, when you think and when you feel, especially it's about like, oh, I don't know if I really like this person or not. Um, I don't know if anyone else like feels like this, like sometimes where it's like you find someone, you're like, oh, I think I like them. And then it's like after a month later, you're like, hmm, nah. Mm. And it's like, no, it was just, just me. I, I don't know what I was talking about. So, like um, you know, so I, I really do, at least for me, I take a long pause to make sure that like, especially when I talk to someone and say like, hey, I really like you, which is, you know, um, I really do think about that first before I speak. Yeah, interesting points on both your, um, both your ends. Um, I didn't think about it in that way, Jermaine, but I was thinking more along that lines um, with like Greg, as far as like subconsciously we, we look for that. I didn't even think of it that way. And I thought that was like an interesting way that you put it, just like how subconsciously we kind of look for it. Um, But yeah, I was more so inclined on the side of Greg, usually how things kind of go in that kind of way. But yeah, so I guess that means like the second question uh, on there isn't really so so much of, because we had had that revelation, right? That like, you know, subconsciously we kind of look for that anyway. So like, uh, we don't really use- the second question what? on that was like basically how do you how do you use the knowledge when looking for a partner um and i was like I mean, okay well like if we're subconsciously doing it i mean but like there you go like that that's still a good question because even recognizing that you may be subconsciously doing that when you're out here looking for a partner you can still use that information to actively decide whether or not it's something you want to do mm. because you know we tend to look for our parents and other and our partners that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the best traits you know what i mean that we that we're looking for from our parents either um mm-hmm. at the same time so that's still a good thing to to acknowledge um as well yeah that's solid i think i think also i think it's kind of important we I, you mentioned that you know a lot of things that we think about when it comes to look for partners uh subconscious and i think that um a good effort you know to make it more of a conscious decision where you actually 
thinking about rather than just passively. At least for me, when I think about things like subconsciously, it's like, damn, this person's hot. And then that's <laughs> like basically the extent of my thoughts after that point. And then I'm like yeah. thinking about something else. Um, but when I'm consciously thinking about it, it's like, okay, I like this person. Why do you like this person? What about them do you like? What about them interest you? You know? And also if I'm willing to actually want to explore that more. So. How long, okay, side question off of that. Um, and this is for everybody. How long does it take for you to like go through that process? Is it depending on the person or like how long have you guys typically crushed on a person? In the, in the in the past like in your late teens early 20s like we're like what, like know, the like, crush stage yeah crush stage. It, like how long does it take for you guys to like crush on somebody before you either put the moves on them or before you expect them to put the moves on you or like you know just like i feel like when i like talk to somebody or i want to talk to somebody i give myself like a little window right like i'm a like if nothing happens between this time or whatever with them after i like you know initially find out that like okay I see this person, I like them, I want to talk to them more. I give myself like a window of like how long I'll like sit on that or how long I'll give myself or that person time before I like move on to like continue living my best life or like, you know, just like friend zone them. So. (laughs) 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 Um, Gosh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Truthfully, like the crush stage is like the hardest part for me because like, I don't know. I feel like I kind of have that kind of understanding that like there is no right time. So like if you feel it, just go for it. And like no, letting, I feel this like, is, letting it happen. This is you crushing. Like how long before you let yourself crush on somebody before you Wayne have to do something? <laughs> but like, yeah, saying, that's what I'm talking about. And like everyone, everyone's experience months. is different. But like literally, like I don't be like maybe it beca- might be because like I just focus on work a lot, but like, as soon as I like feel something, I start thinking like, maybe like, okay, if I feel like, if I feel this way, like tomorrow and like, it's not like I don't know the person either. If I, I feel like I have to like mentally be there with someone and like understand them at a certain point or like actually like find them as a person instead of like their environment's influence on them. You know, I feel like that's the point where I'm just kind of like, oh snap, this person's like actually cute. Cause I'm not really much of like a physical guy either. It's more of like, you know, who you are like mentally towards me and that process because I'm also not like the best with emotions either. So it's like, once I like intellectually like understand myself and like, you know i've already felt the emotion i just couldn't know what it, i just didn't know what it was so that's why i say people are different right like yeah. i i felt the emotion but i didn't that's know it. once i intellectualize it then i just go for it you know and i and i kind of expect as if other people are also acting that way as far as like whether they're going for it or not and i just kind of like allow it to happen without like judging them for it and just taking note of where i'm at you know like it's mm. it's more of like an internal thing for me as far as like the crush stage that which is why it's so small for me that window is so small for me like it could be like that moment i mean and that's the thing too like me expressing my emotions about that person doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like we're gonna be together right then and there either and i'm no, not exact, like, that's no yeah that's a that's a that's a that's a separate thing yeah my, my thing is just initiating any type of uh conversation 
you know, a moving forward date, whatever, just like initiating that that next step, like starting something. Yeah, that that, window, I guess you, if I had to you, put a time saying, on it, I would say like maybe an hour. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Is that more or less the same for you guys too? Or uh, mine's like three to five business days, but yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm kidding. But for real, I mean, for me, it's one of those things where honestly, um, it's hard for me to get like a crush on someone. Like, I'm just feeling like, oh, I think I like them. And it's like, but when I'm like crushing, like, oh my gosh, like, yes. Um, usually that's one of those things where like, it's honestly like difficult for me just to talk about stuff like that. I always find that even for me, just, you know, even from when I was like five, um, talking about things that I really want and stuff like that. I've always been kind of, not that I'm afraid of doing it. I guess I'm really bad at uh, communicating my wants and desires so um, easily, you know? So that's like one of the things that's a kind of a struggle uh, for me, but I can at least say I think I've gotten better at it. Like if you talk to me, like when I was like 15 or 16, it's like, oh, you like this person, go talk to them. I probably would run away from you. <laughs> like whoever I'm talking to, I'm running away from you, not towards the person that I'm crushing on, I'm running away from them too. Uh, I feel so, that, yeah. But yeah. Age or man? <laughs> Um, I feel like I actively try to like either get their attention or I don't know, get some sense of like communication going for about like two weeks. And then, I mean, it's, if it's a crush, like I'll always have that crush. Like we can like kiki here and there, but I'm not going to like put so much effort and energy into someone. Um, and then if they reject me, like I tried. Like I actively tried, and then like I made like a like like a huge effort, like a huge move, like type of like let's chill type thing, and they reject me. Then it's like a oh okay, then I'm definitely done type shit. I feel yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> How long is your crush stage? Well, I don't flirt, so I don't. I mean, I get crushes, but like they last for like. Two three days and that's it. But yeah, everybody I crushed on, I, nothing ever happened because I don't flirt. Okay, Tay, we talking about your emotions. Yeah, I, I, well, not no, what I you do, not flirting. Well, hey, you don't have like um, a little wind. You don't have a little window of like. I said two three days. Two three days. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my, 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 I'm sorry too. My bad. Put the oh, chains man. and whips away. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't hold um, on to crushes for long. <laughs> that's okay. Um, we can go on to the next question here, which is, what is the difference between loving family, friends, colleagues, strangers, and your partner? And for this question, I'm thinking of going one category of people per person. And since I'm the host, I'm just going to assign you, you people person. <laughs> just for time purposes right so um let's see um for strangers i want to hear from wayne um from your partner i want to hear from tay uh for friends i want to hear from jermaine from family i want to hear from greg and i'll take colleagues what is the difference between loving your category of people okay well first off when you love your partner you're not going to be sexual with your other you know other regions that you just said about, I would hope you wouldn't be sexual with your um, 
co-workers and your family members and such yep sex yeah. is a big part of that yes day <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but i mean when you're also with your partner there's like things that they understand about you that um you know the others don't even like your parents they don't understand like areas about your partner that your parents aren't gonna get like some things you keep away from your parents but your partner you'll tell them about it like be open book with them solid and then even to add to that i'll say like um what you call it your partner is supposed to be the person that like your partner for life right so like they're gonna see you when you're difficult and highest times more so than any other person yeah that's my baby daddy <laughs> um okay <laughs> <laughs> next who wants to go next no. i mean i'll go ahead, <laughs> go ahead wayne no, no, do your thing for me. Okay, <laughs> you got that. You, you got it. <laughs> All right. Um, strangers. I would say loving strangers, differentiating from the other categories, is that it does not take much effort to love a stranger, but it does take the most, I would say, courage because, you know, you don't know this person. Um, I think, I don't think people do are are like kind to strangers more so in 2022 you know i think that that's just like a simple like act of like love or gesture kindness emotion that we can give to people a lot more um but yeah i think you know you're not always gonna be so quick to like give that sort of energy or side to you just to anybody out on the street and it also depends on where you're living at you know i'm from new york where you know it's tough love up there um, and then moving down to Florida and just, you know, having all this more Southern hospitality around me, it's a different kind of love, you know, but like that, that love is still there in both places. So like, you know, when it comes to giving strangers to love, I think you find that pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, loving strangers. <laughs> Solid. And Jermaine, your perspective on um, loving friends. friends. Yes. Um, I feel like loving friends is... I don't know. It's interesting because you can have like long distance like friendships uh, where you guys are still like connected. It's not necessarily hard to love friends. Uh, I feel like it's easier to like drop a friend um, than like there is like drop family. I mean, even though you can drop family, it's just a different like scope. I just feel like loving friends, it's it should be like fun. It should be easy. And I feel like it's more like about like quality time necessarily like how much time you guys like spend together that's how like strong that love is for that friend or like the experiences you guys have experienced like together mm, i feel that colleagues and family uh, i'll touch on colleagues first before um family goes because i feel like that's an important topic <laughs> that kind of overlaps also with um partner um for colleague loving a colleague i feel as though um is interesting and I say that because, you know, your colleague is is so low stakes, right? You see them every day, right? And, you know, once you get that colleague that you're just like friends with, then like, it's a wrap, you know, like, y'all don't want to be there <laughs> um, at work. Y'all don't want to um, be like working under someone uh, at a certain period. I feel like that's just the... Um, uh, when I'm talking colleague, I'm also talking like mostly like experience from like retail and stuff like that. But yeah, like you literally like you can have friends like you have a friend for life low key if you're like just like 
if you aren't careful <laughs> with like loving a colleague and things like that, I would say that like loving a colleague, people don't really show a hundred percent of the, themselves at work, which is like totally normal and totally like healthy, you know, just for their own self-preservation. But like, you know, there is a certain threshold between colleague and friend and colleague and stranger that kind of just kind of like makes it very, you know, wait, interesting. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Go I ahead, would, Wayne. I, would, I just want to add on top of that, just because I've met some of the most beautiful souls working, like just working. I feel like you meet a lot of great people while you're working, whether it be in the retail industry, restaurant industry, fast food industry, like people don't know what it's like to go in a, in a, in a freezer and a walk-in freezer and like screaming because <laughs> yes. of like, like, you know what I'm yes. saying? Like, like, <laughs> only certain people can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Only certain people can relate to having to do the go backs after on holiday season. I'm just saying like, you know, like, and so like the, like, you know, you just, the people that you go through the, those experiences with at work, you know, like, I just feel like it's, you know, I, it's a different kind of love there. So like, you know, loving your colleagues that kind of like go through the same work grind as you, the same work trials and tribulations. Um, that's a different kind of love too. And I just wanted to like, say like, I appreciate that love being in that um, atmosphere and making some really great colleague work friends from that um, myself. But uh, yeah, Wayne, go ahead, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I mean, like I was pretty much done there. Colle colleagues, it, like that threat, like that in between area is so like small because it's like if you're a colleague, you can stay there for the rest of your life. And even in that time period of your life, if you just don't care about the person. But like if you really care about the person, then I feel like it's easy to transition to that fr friend stage, you know? So like it, it's really like a hundred or nothing, you know? <laughs> So like yeah. loving though, I would say like there, there's like a big difference there of like commitment and like needing to get to know them because, you know, in work, you could just do little things to like help them out in work. And that would be a form of loving them. That's like acts of service right there. You know, like they don't have to do that job. But yeah, like that's that's it on my end and closes out, Greg. Yeah. So love for families. It's interesting. So I'll always start by saying that there's a level of care that you can have for everyone within your family, regardless of the love that's there. Um, but I think in terms of love, uh, at least for me, starting off, like growing up, I think it was more reactionary kind of love, not so much of a love that I established. It's like, I actually love them because I genuinely love the person. Or I love them because of the things that they did for me. Like, oh, I love my brother. He took me out the sonnet. He bought me slushies. Yay. I love him. But it's like, not really like a strong sense of love. I think as you get older, I think you begin to kind of acquire and learn what that love is and what that means and how you can reciprocate that beyond just the slushies. Like, don't get wrong, I love slushies. But <laughs> but um yeah and outside from that i think the, as you get older i think that level of love that you have for your family really comes down to just the upbringing that you have and if you feel like there's a little investment that you can put into it within that you feel like that you can also get not necessarily a sense that you expect something monetary or something out of it but some kind of sense of like i actually feel like i'm getting value out of having a conversation with with them or you know I, I actually make sense for me to travel a far distance just to see that one person you know i think it's a big deal and then that's for anything extended family wise kind of eh, you know it just kind of depends on the relationship that you have with them um for me i guess it's kind of weird because growing up i used to live in san antonio texas so i most of my extended family was either in is either in florida england or jamaica 
So my extended family, like my relationship with my extended family, it tends to make like a few people. Isn't super close. It's just because growing up, I never really met them. So yeah, I feel that. Nice. Thank you guys for um shortening that question because we would like the original plan was to go through all of them for each of you, but that would have took too long. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I very much appreciate that. Um, we'll move on to our next question, um, which has more to do with sexuality, actually. How do you deal with the question, are you the top or the bottom? <laughs> it's knowing your business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, what what was it? Jill Scott? I think it was Jill Scott. It's a it's a pretty famous TikTok sound. I mean, I'll answer it. I mean, are we can we answer it? Yeah, because I want to hear from I'm all a, of you. I'll answer it with her sound. She said, if you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, then you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. So like, yeah. <laughs> don't stop kitty kid. <laughs> oh. that, that one was out of pocket, Loki. <laughs> Jermaine, um, Greg. <laughs> um, like whether it's a friend, stranger, whatever. Like you're out with your boyfriend, and someone has the audacity to ask you if you're top or bottom. Well, I don't really disclose that with people in public. I feel like that's kind of a weird question just jump to someone like hey are you top or bottom are you dom or sub it's like dominant subway i don't know what are you talking about but I mean, I even think, the gay community too like they like they like to ask that question too sometimes yeah and i don't know i just i always feel it's kind of i've always felt it's kind of weird when people do that but i mean i think in terms of you exploring and figuring out if you are a top or a bottom i mean there's plenty of ways you can do it um, i mean there's I mean, it's grinder. I don't recommend it for everyone. It might not be the thing that you know. For me, it's weird to just have sex with like a stranger. So like, I I, I don't use it. Um, but it's like play of other things that you can kind of do and explore. And then trying it, if you feel up for it, you could try a dildo and see where that gets you. Oh. That, that's a more, I guess, uh, aggressive approach to it. <laughs> Is it really? It's not, it's not aggressive at all. It's not aggressive at all. I mean, I guess it can be aggressive. I guess it depends on how you do it and what you use with it and what you put on it. Or you took nothing on it. You just go at it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Just proceed with caution. Uh, it's like the Ned's classified thing. Your results may vary. So yeah. I mean, I'm like, an app. I am an avid, uh, avid. <laughs> You're sex positive. <laughs> yes, I'm sex positive. I'm an avid um, user of such a, such a mechanical contractions. <laughs> contractions. Uh, and, you know, I, I personally don't believe there is an aggressive way to go about it. I do think that you can be. Um, but uh, yeah, because there's so many ways to like, get into that mm -hmm. and you know and I, and I think uh the world of uh the world of toys makes it uh very easy for for people as well but yeah I, I definitely i know where i see where you're coming from especially if somebody who has no idea you know what i mean like how to how to even go about it but uh yeah it, it can change it could change your life if someone is potentially listening to this it can't change your life for the better <laughs> <laughs> i promise <Yes>. you <laughs> 
please try and explore. Also, I will say on a side note, um, just like how sexuality is kind of, kind of a spectrum, it's like different aspects of it. There's different aspects of being a topper. Um, you don't have to pick one. It's not like Pokemon, it's not, it's not like one starter. You can do anything. It's, you know, it's very open-ended. You know, you can be versatile, versatile top, versatile bottom. I've met people that are bottom, but don't like to bottom. What? No, yeah, there's people like Wait, that. Like, the, the, I, 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 I met someone, he's like, oh, I'm bottom, but I don't like the bottom. So I that, that's like, well, what does that mean? Just Wait, like, is, just is that like a play on like, on personality-wise, they're feeding into the stereotype that I'm the stereotypical bottom, but like, I don't actually bottom, I'm actually a top? I feel like that's what they're getting at. No, like, no, 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 no. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I was so confused. He tried I to do, explain it. Do you guys? I do. You guys do think that some guys do that? Because I think that some guys do do that. But like, I never got why. Um, but like, maybe that that could you know that could just be. I don't know. I feel like that's separate from do what their, exactly say like i would say that i identify as a bottom allegedly right mm. allegedly um but like i don't actually like, but like i don't actually bottom like i feel like there are guys that do that like they oh i'm this but they don't actually like they don't actually like rep what they what they said that they 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 do mm -hmm. wait so, like, is that personal is that personal no, well, I said alle allegedly. Allegedly, don't so forget like that. Alleg so alleged. they're like advertising themselves as a certain sexual position, but they're not mm -hmm. actually practicing that sexual position. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, has that never ever been a thing for any of you guys on this panel? For me personally, I've never, um, I I've never encountered that. I apologize that you went through that. Thank you, thank you, because <laughs> it was very disappointing <laughs> like, i mean on the apps i get it because they kind of ask you like what are you so mm -hmm. you put mm -hmm. something but you could really just be on there and like not be mm -hmm. a sexual person you're not right. trying to be on there for sex you're there like sure hey. you are a bottom and but, you know like, what you aren't bottoming that's what it was that's what it was homeboy was just like look like I'm not really trying to do this. I was like, look, we exactly. could have just played video games. Like, come on, like, like. He wants some, yo, give but, me some hope. But it, it, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I, mean, I think another thing, too, I think when it comes to you know, sex, um, it can be very daunting for a lot of people. It can be very terrifying or frustrating for people. Kind of go it should be. It where it's like, <laughs> Let well, me stop. Let me stop. Well, not, I mean, what I mean by that is that, you know, sometimes I think when you say something versus actually doing it, it's very, two very different things. And then it can yield a reaction that you might not be prepared to react. Like, you, you maybe have a reaction with that kind of like, hmm, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we'll move on to our last two questions um, mm -hmm. for this discussion um, period before going into intermission. What is the most challenging internal battle when it comes to the love you are seeking in a partner? When you're in a relationship, what do you? I can go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um. Honestly, the biggest thing is just me communicating how. I want to be loved in a way. I feel like I'm so used to just kind of like not saying how I feel. Um, so when I'm in a relationship, it's kind of like, I don't know how to tell you that I want to be treated a certain way or I want this or that. 
I'm kind of just used to like getting kind of not whatever or like I kind of get like whatever you give and I'm like I'm okay with this type thing but I don't know how to like communicate when I'm not okay with something Mm -hmm. going further into that how much does like um you know learning communication styles right because you might possibly be with someone that like communicates differently from than you so like you have that added aspect of like not being able to or, or like you know having a resistance to communicating but then on top of that understanding that they communicate differently right yeah oh uh, what do you do then um i mean you kind of just adapt um like in my relationship now he's more like he can communicate better than i can so i i have to learn how to communicate better i can't just rely on me doing like actions i have to like verbally say things i need to like just adapt basically heard anyone else want to tackle that question for themselves uh i think the biggest thing for me i think is just being present you know like that level of like uh active listening just kind of add on to what um jermaine said um i think active listening is extremely important in any kind of relationship because one thing to kind of be like oh yeah i'm listening to you and like not really what for, for whatever reason um but i think when you are actively listening you're actually trying to understand what your partner is saying to you trying to understand where they're coming from um you know, I think that's probably one thing that I kind of struggle with sometimes in a relationship is, you know, um, whether it be me having to actively listen or have a person I'm talking to, like, are they actively listening to me? Probably the biggest thing for me. Mm. And understanding them, because, you know, you can listen to them and it's like, oh, I didn't actually understand what you said. And then they kind of nod like, oh, yeah. And it's like, no, it's not good. That's bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll say, like, for me internally, it's also communicating the way that I also want to be not loved, but like, just, I guess, communicating. Yeah, yeah. Communicating the way I want to be, like, loved. You know what I mean? But I'm more so, I'm rather, I'd rather show you than tell you. So when I say communicating, I literally mean like tell because I feel like I shouldn't have to, or in the past it was always like, I shouldn't have to like say or do, you know what I mean? So like I'm, I'm, I've actively worked on that and my past relationships. And I feel like I've, I've become much better at that, but that's always been like my little like weak spot because I always found myself getting all like quiet for no reason at all. And I feel like it's not cute it's you know what i mean it's like it's like toxic cute maybe to someone else but like nah like you know like i feel like if you if you want something for your partner that they're you're you feel like they're not you know giving you or something you should feel comfortable enough to be able to say that whenever and however um and that's not always how i felt in the past so i decided to fix that so yeah (laughs) nice i'm still working on it but i love that Um, for me, I'll say that like it, uh, it does have a lot to do with um, uh, communicating more. I am coming. I did come from the perspective of Jermaine um, uh, back when I was like younger. Now, nowadays, it's more so like focusing less on myself, actually. And uh, in the sense of like, yeah, I can communicate. Yeah, I can express my feelings and stuff like that. Now I've grown to that point. But at the same time, it's like, 
okay, but like, you need to start asking questions. You need to like understand them more. Like when they say something, just because you hear it in one way doesn't mean that's how they meant it. That's why you're always going back into the same conversations over and over again and stuff like that. So like, that's something that I definitely internally have to work on in myself asking, what do you mean by that? What do you like, what is that? What is that? Like, what, like, how do you define that? Like, how do you define, um, oh, it's complicated. Or like, what does that mean to you? Or like, um, when you say you're in your head, what does that mean to you? Right? Like, it means something to me, but like, what does that mean to you? Or like, you know, what's your definition of um, I need space, right? Or like something like that, you know, like wh what do those things mean? Cause it means something different for me than no, nope. and I can that's just a, that's run a good, That's a really good one. Um, just kind of like conscious opening to dialogue to like certain things, like, you know, like the whole I need space thing. I'm a Sagittarius, so that I need space thing could that 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 could change. Yeah, from, and like, like you know, zero to one hundred very quick. It can mean like I need you like out of the room, or I need you like out of the state. You feel me? Like, because <laughs> yeah. that that can easily turn into a situation where like. <laughs> One person is freaking out nine times out of 10, it's me because they're saying this one thing and now I'm freaking out because I just accepted it instead of asking mm -hmm. questions when they're just straight chilling, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and like, you know, like it's, it's just like uh, having that internally just like make, do yourself a favor and like stop making life hard for yourself. Just ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> just ask yeah. the question. How about you, Tay? What is the most challenging internal battle when it comes to the love you are seeking in a partner? I think that I overcame all of my battles, so it's hard for me to like speak oh. about it now. Not Miss Perfect. I, <laughs> Literally. I really can't complain about anything right now. I um, love that. Okay. Must be nice. <laughs> well, us broken people will move on then. <laughs> on a good life, you, my boy. <laughs> Okay, then Tay, I have a different question for you. What is the most challenging external battle when it comes to the love you are seeking a partner, like that you feel like you have to deal with um, on your partner's end or like an outside influence is kind of like disrupting um, like your relationships? What do you feel as though that's the, um, uh, the most challenging thing there? Like exes, old exes? Like, um anything exes is an example yeah that was about it that was, that was one thing i did like the only external thing i did i dealt with okay it was pretty bad so exes yeah. solid anyone else wait uh the only ex what is the question so it's the same question but external so like you have something that you have to work on for yourself but what is something that you feel as though maybe you have to like teach that's another example right like what do you have to teach when you're in a relationship with someone when it comes to you that like it's kind of like you have your standards for a relationship and you have like whether it's consistent or not a problem externally that always just comes in because we're all human we are like no relationship is perfect and like I can just imagine that there are things keeping uh, us apart from each other within our relationships, whether it's outside family, exes, whether it's like communication styles, anything, you know? What do you feel is the most challenging that, um, that kind of thing that you have to deal with? Um, I'll go first. Um, so like <laughs> an e a very easy one, high key, like relates back to our um, our mission statement actually on generational curses, right? Like you don't know what you're getting 
even when you say yes to a relationship, right? Like um, you can have a partner whose whole life has to do with like cheating, like their friends have been cheating on, cheated on, they've been cheated on, their parents have been cheated on and stuff like that. And like, that's just all they know. So like, even in a relationship that like, literally like, like, you know, there can be tons of possibilities as to like what um, could be like going on um, in their family that they think is normal in a relationship, right? And like fighting towards that can be like an uphill battle. And I feel like that's um, that's something that like every relationship has to deal with at some point to get to the core of a person. I like that. Um, another thing that I probably kind of struggle with, like, or at least thing that I kind of like look at as probably challenging external-wise is probably just like lack of accountability. Um, you know, it's not so much in the sense of, oh, I hold myself accountable because, you know, I did something that's bad. But I think in the sense that even holding my holding me accountable if I do something. Like I'm not really looking for like a yes man in a relationship where it's like, well, I did a bad thing. And they're like, well, I still love you. And I'm like, no, that's so like, you know, if I did something and it's not a good thing and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, Greg, it's kind of cringe, like, or like that's not very appropriate. You know, having that person that can talk to me and say, like, well, let's break down what you did and, like, let me tell you why it's coming across in this way, you know, rather than someone just kind of sit there and just lets me fuck up. Solid. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. External? I don't, not saying that I don't have any external. I don't know. I just feel any external, like, issue that kind of pops up, I'm very, like, big on, like, attacking them like right away and i think that in itself would be my external issue if that makes sense um, that sounds more like a solution yeah you think so yeah like i like the question was most challenging but that is like a solution you know like i feel like if it's a problem that like is more so on on in someone else's hands rather than your hands it's easy to like you know say that like you know yeah but like but like that, that's my issue when it's like me and my partner, you know what I mean? Because like, I'm automatically like, okay, like this issue that has come up, you know, it's affecting both of us, mm-hmm. but like, I don't necessarily treat it that way. You know what I mean? Because I might already have my solutions for it, or I know how we can already like get through it, but they may not know, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like me having to take the time and patience for them that at least process what's their, what they're going through. You know what I mean? Or like what's happening, you know what I mean? So we can move on. Uh, I feel like I haven't taken that, like that grace period uh, or that patience, you know what I mean? So I would say like, it's just me taking too much, not too much accountability. That's why I relate to like what Greg said, not too much accountability, but too much of a, how do you guys say it? Uh, um, too much too, uh, pressure? Is that what you mean? Thought. I think too much pressure. I, I would say, yeah, a long pressure. Yeah, I you feel think, like- I don't know what you're thinking of, but- You know what I'm trying to- Responsibility? Yeah, maybe, yeah, like maybe holding to, not responsibility. Mm. Hmm. I don't know how to say it, but I'm going to think on this and okay. I want us to move on and I'll come back to it because this is like an interesting thought, but it's got okay, me like, it. it's, it's got right. me thinking, it's got me thinking guys. <laughs> okay. And last but not least. Um, I'm kind of stumped on that question, to be honest. I would say maybe like other friendships or like just relationships outside of the 
the main like our relationship yeah that um, makes sense. just them getting mm. used to the idea not used to the idea but getting over um like us being separated and like me having time outside of them like mm-hmm. with my family or with my friends like even if they don't like necessarily like them or get along with them um mm. i still want to be able to have like my own relationships with those people mm-hmm. makes sense solid all right well that concludes the first part of our final episode and we'll see you guys soon hey my new king royalty make sure you stay engaged with us on social media check out our questions for our episodes and share your thoughts on episodes like this one so we can bring you our best content before we get onto our questions for the episode, we have a fuck Mary kill game for our listeners to enjoy. And if this game makes you uncomfortable, then stay mad. It's just a game. <laughs> Round one. Trey Melvin, Bad Bunny, Keenan Lumsdale. Round two. Lil Nas X, Jaden Smith, Tom Holland. Round three, Frank Ocean, Kevin Abstract, Tyler the Creator. Let us know on our Discord server what you chose. Now back to our episode where we answer some questions from our community about the topic. Sick, and we're back everyone. Welcome back. Um, Hope you guys liked that round of Fuck, Mary Kill. (laughs) Um, So, um, we're going to go ahead and get real started uh, started on the questions and um, kind of go through them pretty quickly so that we can get to our video and just dis- have time to discuss the video since there's some major keys in there as far as like love, sex and communication goes. So um, first question, do you know your love language? Say. And just go ahead if you want to um, share your primary love language. What do you mean by that? Love language? Uh, you know what a love language is, Tay? I have no idea. So there are five love languages. For those who don't know, the five love languages are quality time, um, gift gift giving, um, words of affirmation, service, acts of service, and physical touch. How love languages work is that everyone holds all um, all five of them within themselves as far as being able to like uh, receive and give that kind of love. It's just about how, which one is most appreciated within a person, right? And which one they commonly practice when they are giving love um, to another person. Uh, yeah. So when I ask, do you know your love language and what your primary love language is? I'm asking for that very top spot of a uh, love language for you, with the exception of those people who have obviously like two of two that are equally done. Um, if you don't know your love language, we'll drop in the description, um, the, the quiz itself so you can find out very useful information to know, especially if you're in a relationship to kind of you. like, um, get a grasp on how you like to be loved and being able to communicate that with your partner. But yeah, who wants to go first? Go, Greg. Uh, so I haven't taken it, but I just didn't know that was a thing. So definitely look forward to taking it. But if I had to well, guess... Let me, let me start from here. Who did take the quiz? Okay. I've taken it. When you didn't take it? I've taken it like a while ago, but 
That's fair. I haven't I haven't remembered updated. like I know what I know what mine are, but I haven't updated because you know that changes. Your love language does change as you you know can change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't. That, That's basically for zodiac sign. No, your love language can change. No. Uh, yeah, your love language can change definitely. I know that. Um, um, I know that mine changed uh, definitely when I took it um, in the beginning of this year. I would say. And, but like not my primary one, but definitely like my secondary ones like shifted around a bit. But um, yeah, like I think we'll take answers just from the people who did um, take the quiz um, prior to this episode, just because it is really recommended that you take the quiz because uh, you can think you're one thing, but actually be another thing just because the way you understand those aspects of quality time, uh, words of affirmation, gift giving, um, stats well, of service. Um, acts of service is mine. <laughs> I hear that, Tay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like How about you, Jermaine? Um, touch. Physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne. Touch, acts of service. Okay, <laughs> for me, it's quality time. And there is a follow-up question, basically asking: Are you ever scared that your partner? Uh, of your partner using that love language against you? No. No. Um, how how would you use it against you? Like for me? Like withholding love in any sort of type of way? No, like like for my choice, like um, for actions. Okay. They should not do stuff for you or for, like hold like an incentive. Like if you do this for me, I'll do this for you kind of thing. So it feels more like a transactional kind of thing. Yeah. I like that too, so no. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> All right. For me, are you ever scared of a partner using that love language against you? Yeah, no. Now that I think about it, I thought it was a good question. But like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's pretty much just kind of like there, you know, mm-hmm. your love language. I think on a I deeper mean- level, though, like for that question, because it doesn't necessarily have to be the love language, but like, am I ever scared or have I ever been scared of like my partner? like being able to use the like you know because they know you so well or they know you like unlike other people so they can they know how to where i was looking they know how to access you a certain way compared to other people so Mm. afraid that they would use that sort of uh that vulnerability against me yeah yeah but i think that that's normal for everybody um and i think you have to be willing to be in that space to even truly love someone so yeah i feel that yeah um that question kind of came comes from our video that we'll be watching and it really shows the reality of like like long-term relationships but moving Mm -hmm. on to the next question uh how do you adapt to a person partner's communication style we kind of touched on it with jermaine um a a while back but um let's hear from someone else about that if you don't adapt to it your relationship is not gonna last long <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay, but like, well, yeah, opinion, I mean, how opinion. do you adapt to it? It's <laughs> my opinion. I think um, going into like what we mean by adapting to, like, it's not necessarily asking, telling you to like change who you are, but to like, you know, open your mind up to be able to understand how that other person is tr- also trying to communicate with you. You know what I mean? Adapting to the way that they communicate the way that they uh you know basically behave when they're around you and vice versa because i feel like i don't know 
there's always like there's how you act when you're not with your partner and then there's how you act when you're with them you know what i mean and then there's how you guys both act when you're with everyone else so it's like that like very like comfortable medium space where it's like the same no matter where you go type of thing where you guys are both just like on that same page if that makes sense and i think like that's what we mean by like adapting because it doesn't matter you guys are just like there Mm -hmm. how long does it take you to get there typically how long i I think it that that's different for everybody (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) that could be different for everybody uh, but i will say this it'll take as long as you guys want it to take because I feel like depending on what True. your intentions are with True. that person, it is as long as it takes to get there. And for some people, that shit is <laughs> takes a long time. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, like, well, damn, but like some of people are in it to like to win it in that way. You know what I mean? Which I guess makes bonds and, you know, things like marriage and certain unions more interesting. Because when you think about those kinds of things, they're more or less that same kind of thing. You know, you're not marrying the same person 20 years, who's that, you know, the person you're marrying today isn't going to be the same person 20 years later. You know what I mean? So like, you got to expect to go through that regardless if you're going to enter a partnership um, or some type of bond or union with another person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, as long as it takes. Are you sure about that um, statement about you're not going to marry the same person 20 years from now? You're not, no, yes, you are not married. Yeah, I'm are, sure. I mean, if you're planning sure. on growing as a person, then Could yeah, be. you're not going to be the, the same person 20 years from now. Yeah. yeah. Friend, friend, and we'll get into I, that. And we'll get into that in the video. We'll get into friend, that. I just want to say, Tay, you go on every date. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Day. I don't know about if y'all know, but Tay just got his real estate license. Wait, what's up? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Hey, what's hey up? he just celebrated wait. a birthday. What? Aries. What does that have to do with 20 years from now? Wait, I'm lost. Be- no, like, because you're going to have a you- different person. Your personality is going to grow. And, you know, like, you're going to be a different person. Yeah, you're going to be. I hope not. I hope I'm not. Oh, Wait, well, like, I think you have a weird understanding about what he's saying there, Tay. I feel like what, what he's saying is more like you're going to become more of yourself, if that makes sense. So I'm not myself uh, now? Not a hundred. You're not 20. Uh, like, how, how old did you just turn? 24? 21. Tay. <laughs> Tay, <laughs> like 24, 24 year old Tay is not the same as 40 year old Tay. Well, that's for everybody though, isn't it? Exactly. That's all yeah. we're saying. But but there's people that never grow up though, right? I mean, yeah, if they die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, friend, you you're saying you're I, you're you're saying something there. There you are some people, people that never immature. grow up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, it's like, <laughs> one, one, one thing I will say, I think it's like, at least for me, how I kind of view it, at least from myself, one thing I always kind of say is that I'm not just that guy anymore. I think there's always going to be a part of me that'll still be me. So I guess in that sense, yeah, some people can be very immature in certain things. I'm kind of childish. I still laugh at certain things. Um, that probably <laughs> is like a con guy, like you're like 22, like stop, like shut up. But like, you know, um, I don't know. I think, I, like at least for me, I can look, look at myself and say I'm definitely different in many ways. But in other ways, I'm still much the same as I was. I probably just have a different perspective on different things. That's why yes. I probably act a little bit different. That yeah. is what I that's mean. A, that's the thing, though. You don't. There is no right or wrong way to like live. You know, it's just that like <laughs> yeah. there are certain things you just can't control. 
right? But we'll move on to the next question, um, which is what did you learn in your longest relationship that you wish you knew going into it? I can't answer that because I'm still in it. So I'll let you guys have it. Oh, what? Uh, you guys have it. Just go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess just be patient, but like be patient with yourself. I think probably one thing that I've learned is most mm. very important. I think sometimes like you want things to happen and then it doesn't happen. And then you look at yourself and you're just like, Greg, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you doing this? And it's like, maybe it's just not this very moment. Should I be doing that action? Or maybe I'm just not ready for it. Maybe I ease into it not instead of jumping into the deep end. Mm. Um, and that's probably one of the most important things I've learned just to kind of, not necessarily super, super baby steps, go at a pace that you're comfortable with, but don't, you know, feel like you need to get results immediately. Mm. That's just part of just me in general. I've always been the kind of person where it's like, I need results now. So it's like when we in a relationship, it's like, I'm looking at myself, it's like, Greg, like right now. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Solid. Um, I guess for me, it was my second relationship. And like, uh, like that lasted a, a long time. It was my longest relationship. And I think that part of why it was so long was because I knew the difference between my expectations and my standards, but I wasn't acting on it. So I would say like, know the difference between your standards and expectations. Cause you know, your first relationship, you don't really have standards. You just have expectations, right? And you know, like after that point, it's kind of like just understanding those standards more and more. So yeah, it's more of like, um, I would just tell myself like, trust your trust your standards they work i promise <laughs> i would say for me it was it would be to always match my intent or match yeah match my intent with the same level of energy that i want out of it um i never i haven't done that i would say in my first couple of relationships and it really showed because processing them after and going through my past re previous relationship um, and dating now, um, it's just, it makes so much more of a difference when you put in the same amount of effort that your partner's putting in, but you're both actively like showing that, I don't know, it just kind of makes things a lot more fun for me at least. Um, so yeah, just match your intent with the same level of energy that you want um, out of it. Things things make a, a big difference there. Wayne said, go big or go home. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. Did you go, Jermaine, or, or no? Um, No, I didn't go. Go ahead. But um, I feel like uh, stand your ground, basically. Like uh, in your, like who you are and what you want to do and just like how you want to move, basically. I feel like I, I'm very much go with the flow. So I don't stand my ground much. And I feel like I wish I would have done that like forever ago, just to learn how to like, just say what I want and like mean it and stand by it. Mm -hmm. Solid. Um, so last question before our video, where did you get your gay sex education? And do you think you thoroughly explored what sexually satisfied, uh, satisfied you through this education? Um, uh, I feel like I got my gay education from TV. Sadly, I didn't have like a gay fan member or like a gay friend or anything. I kind of just saw what I saw on TV and was like, okay, so this is what we do <laughs> type shit. <laughs> um, I got much from social media like Tumblr. 
Yes. Yeah. Dang, everyone was on the Tumblr game and I just was late. (laughs) Like, I just, I wish I was there. It sounded like a blast. (laughs) It was a a blast. It was a blast. It really was. (laughs) That's why we were mad. That's why everybody was mad when when Tumblr did, when when they did what they did to Tumblr. (laughs) When that great lens came. When the great cleanse came. The great cleanse. Yeah. The cleansing of Tumblr. <laughs> everyone, okay. eat, everyone went to Twitter so quickly. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll figure out what Twitter is and what it does. Like, so right. That's not what Twitter was for before, but not everybody's like... <laughs> that's not what Twitter was for before, but Twitter is... A, <laughs> Twitter is great now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think straight up, I think I just like got it from... Not TV, but like porn and movies, you know, mm-hmm. like sadly, definitely, which is why I like low key kind of think that like, I don't, I don't even know because like they might try to do something about it. But I kind of feel like um, when it comes to like gay, gay sex education, I'm hoping that they could do it right in schools, but I'm kind of skeptical about it, but I'm trying to put trust in that. Girl, we can't even talk about gay or sexuality in general. I was gonna say, but like, you know, in the ideal world, right? Like, it's kind of sucks that we kind of have to learn through TV, (laughs) movies, and porn. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what what other alternative is there other than like the obscure third party, like gay LGBT um, center that won't like that you have to seek out? you know when you're finally mature enough to actually like look for that information right mm. well i feel I like feel nowadays like. there's more like gay icons and there's like more gay movies like sure there can't sure you can't talk about it in school but i feel like there's still going to be like gay people in social media and well not social media just in the media in general mm-hmm. who will like always be like representing themselves and people like us yeah mm-hmm. by the way we're in florida y'all so like <laughs> we can't say gay here <laughs> but we we will say gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah anyone else want to share no i think we touched that on. was a good that yeah. was a good solid okay we're gonna pull up this movie called death to black love by fd signifier and the section we're covering is um black love and conflict ain't it and this uh, like you know this has to do with like all types of love not just black love in general but like you know you'll see the video Conflict doesn't get enough attention in terms of how we think about love. Like we will see plenty of fights and romance stories and dramas, but we never get to see the conflict processed and resolved in a way that reflects the nature of what it's like to partner with another human with flaws and issues and traumas. But you know what movie I think does do a great job of revealing how hard and ugly this can be? A movie that I've loved, but been scared to bring up for the last year because everybody else hated it. Malcolm and Marie, and I'm not alone. Your mind is not fucking based on you. It's an amalgamation of a whole different thing, a whole bunch of things. Who? People. What? People. It's because, you know, Malcolm Marie is not a beloved film, not very popular to the internet folks. But how did, how did- I almost wanna watch it, dude. No, we don't abuse each other. No, we don't, you know, all those things, right? Yes. We banter like that. We, we go back and forth. We match wits. We 
psychoanalyze each other, even though we have no, we don't have the credentials. No credentials. Um, I have diagnosed him with a many of things and he has done the same. I stand by said diagnosis. <laughs> Aside from the abusive language and the unhinged eating of macaroni, my wife and I connected deeply to the profound conflict and ugliness put on display in this movie. A type of conflict that can only happen in a relationship that is imperfect and possibly even unhealthy. And I saw so many think pieces about how toxic this relationship was and how obviously the problem was Malcolm, which is easy to identify because you know, it's always the brother's fault. I'll just say two things can be true at once. While these are all fair criticisms, it's shallow from my standpoint, and it really misses the point of the film. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't wanna have these types of issues or these types of fights. However, I have. Because at the end of the day, Malcolm and Marie only give a glimpse into addressing that type of conflict on one night. And I was grateful to the film for putting on screen something that is rarely seen. The image of just how brutal long-term partnership can be. That only a person who has been with you for years, who's seen you at your lowest, who knows your deepest insecurities, can destroy you in the way a long-term partner can. Love is not safe. In fact, it's the opposite of that. You share bills, a house, a bed. That person is a liability. They are uniquely positioned to hurt you and you have to be okay with that. That is the reality of what all of you say you're looking for. You might be the first woman I've talked to where most of the black women that raised you were married um mm -hmm. and have been married like not too many divorces i don't i don't think i mean so in my mind that kind of made it real you know this is not for play this is like if you are married to a person then it's like a different level of acceptance a different level of protection a different level of everything a different level of loyalty because that commitment and i i just think that that's just what i saw this is going my own area like i've been needing my own space so like if she get on my nerves, she probably gonna be in a, she could probably be upstairs, I'm downstairs. Uh, me, like I'll go somewhere, I'll go sit at a bar or something, uh, whatever. Like I just find a way to just like get away for a minute. What brings me back, like once I leave, I start missing her. <laughs> so that's when I just be like, Back to normal. Monogamy, not that it has to be this way, but I think that a lot of standard monogamous, especially heteronormative relationships, um, you don't have to confront as much conflict as soon or as often right away in your relationship. And you can kind of just float by in a prescriptive way. Your, your relationship ages much faster. And that is a, a make or break experience. Polyamory doesn't leave room for a lack of conflict resolution. It just, it, there isn't room because if you have envy, if you have jealousy, if you have any emotion that you would like normally have in a, uh, a relationship, it just, it gets multiplied because you have to address those things because they're going to see other people. So, and they're going to hang out with other people. You need to address these things and like have, as they call them, crunchy conversations. And I think while it's a fun word, um, like just, it's also good to not say bad or hard conversations, um, in my opinion, just because I think those words imply that talking and communicating through conflict isn't the thing to do. 
because some people are not multifaceted. They, they, they're like a one trick pony. And they feel like if, if it's not this way, if it's not the way that my uh, mother and father did it, if it's not the way that my grandparents did it, then it's not gonna be successful. Not knowing that your grandparents slept in a separate bed for a reason. It's just like, yeah, they stayed together, but it wasn't like a great stay together. It was like, uh, yeah, it was we like tolerate. Yeah we, yeah, we tolerate each other. And I never want to be in a marriage where, I to where we're I'm tolerated. I want to still be, when we get 70, 80 years old, I still want to love her and I want her to love me just like we do now. To watch Malcolm and Marie run this exhausting, torturous marathon of conflict was cathartic for me and AJ because we've done that. We fought quietly, loudly, and dramatically for a few days as we worked through a serious conflict in our partnership. We don't argue much. We manage conflict around our differences. And for those things that we can't or won't change about each other, we make the conscious decision to partner in love through anyway, despite those flaws, because we value our partnership and family. But all of us who've been in love have looked like this, miserable, broken, tired. And this isn't black love goals, but this is a part of it. It's just a part no one wants to put out there because who would want to buy it? Who would post this? There are no pictures of me and AJ after a long, exhausting fight or disagreement at our lowest. It's only the family photos, the fun times, the highlight reel. But both of these moments, the ones you see and the ones you don't, are a part of our partnership and our love story. AJ said in a conversation that I didn't catch on film, that few of us have ever seen a couple walk through a valley together successfully. We only usually see the aftermath. We hear the Lemonade album or see the exclusive interview or read the divorce announcement. And we judge so harshly as if all three of those things aren't reasonable things to do when a partnership does become too much and does fail. We all want 90s Will and Jada, but we had a lot to say about Will and Jada sitting at the red tape. Really, all the five senses are, are, or I mean, depends on where we are tasting and it's activated. Cause I want to like that memory of where I am with like my favorite person is something that I want to like just hold on to. And it's important to me uh, so that I can, cause we always, we use also a phrase, remember when. So it's, you know, we can share that moment together and um, it, it kind of, like if we're having a rough day or something's hard, uh, I can go back to a sheet feel or watching the sunset over our apple orchard or watching the kids play. You know, all those things, like I'm, I'm savoring all of that in the moment so that on those days when he's not my best friend, you know, I can, I can come back to that. And so it's easy to become very insular. And so putting, Jamel first is an act. It's that labor that you speak of um, and making sure that I'm actively loving him or making sure that I am a loving person or I'm thinking about him throughout the day. Challenges that we have in relation, a lot of challenges we have inside of relationships, sometimes it's not most times, it's not necessarily directed at the person that's what it, that's in front of you. It's more a pattern um, that you've kind of developed over your lifetime, right? And different, what about therapists say, different 
different spaces, different people, but the same emotion, the same feeling. You have to keep constantly communicating about everything, um, about things that are bothering you, about things that are bringing you joy in your life, about uh, things that you want to do, things at places that you want to go, uh, careers, kids, family dynamics, all of that stuff. You, you always have to to constantly talk about these things. Um, but if you're constantly communicating, you can identify those things earlier, and you can either um, you can either work, try to work with it, work around it, or be more involved in it so that it's not somebody so much moving away or going in a different direction as the family is moving in a different direction that kind of course corrects itself. On you. You've got, we've got nieces and nephews. We've got, I mean, our kids, we have people that we work volunteers. Like there's so many people watching us and seeing our development and seeing our successes. And then you've got those people who want so badly for you to fail. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day, um, the idea of, um, you can't have your, um, you can't expect your expectations of, of somebody, you know, your predicted expectations, like you're predicting how things are gonna be and how they're gonna be. You can't look at that in terms of like, it was an official contract we signed. A lot of people don't realize when they go into marriage, like it's teamwork. Like you're on a team, you're on a professional team. Like <laughs> you got positions, everybody's gonna work together. Right. You, got you gotta know each other's, you gotta learn each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, so that was, um, a clip from death to black love and it touches a lot on um the long-term aspects of a relationship and just touching on the, like the reality of like the heart um the hardships that you kind of just have to like be willing to accept in my opinion before you even get into it you know yeah so what do you guys think about it um i mean the reality the reality of re relationships is that like there are highs and there are going to be lows and those lows are going to be like low so like you have to know that you're signing up for both of those like it's not always going to be like the good times and you also, you also have to know what kind of lows are acceptable and what lows are not exactly yeah and that's uh, when you decide if you want to be in that relationship or not yeah, you decide uh, on what you want to take or what's acceptable mm -hmm. I think the thing too, I think, is just to be very careful with when you see on media. Because sometimes you see certain like rom-coms, it's like, oh yeah, the low, it doesn't seem that low. Then on the other aspect of it, thinking about a show like Euphoria, where that low is so insane, the last thing you want to do is see that and say, that that's a normal low to have a relationship. Some characters in, in there are crazy. And, dramatic. And dramatic, yes. Um, so I think, you know, that kind of having that healthy understanding of what a high and a low could be in a relationship and trying not to let the media um, change that way, I think it's really important. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also feel like um, it kind of runs over to like before you two were together, you know? Um, you were yeah you were different people before you guys were together but at the same time it's like when you saw them at a low place before you got together that should also be something that you have to come to accept if it happens in the future and know where it comes from that's it for this episode is there any uh, uh is there anything you guys want to say before we move on to our call to actions 
any questions anyone wants to discuss um what's one thing that you learned from a past relationship that you did not know about yourself the most recent past relationship or just a past relationship just like this one thing that you learned about yourself from a past relationship i know i mentioned earlier but i've learned that i'm very impatient oh i'm gonna say that too that's like the one thing like i remember like oh my gosh (laughs) it it came in a conversation i had with a friend and i forgot i was like lashing out at him and I literally, like, mid-sentence, I kind of, like, paused. Because I remember I said to him, I was like, you're so impatient. It's like, you don't even, like, like give thought for anything. And I, like, paused. I'm like, oh, should I do that? Don't I? And then it just kind of, like, started thinking about my past relationship. And I was like, huh, okay. He's got a point. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> I have to think on this. Sorry, give me a second. You good? What was the question again? Uh, what's one thing you learned about yourself from a past relationship or a current one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing that I learned myself from a past relationship or a current one is that <laughs> I I really really enjoy. What's up? Never mind. I mean, yes, but that's besides the point. Um, no, uh, I really, because hmm, I've learned a lot of different things, but like hmm, one thing that I really like that I, hmm, one thing that I learned my, about myself from past relationships about me personality wise, like personal wise, is that I'm a very independent person. Um, yeah, yeah, like that, that's, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, I think for me, um, one thing I learned is, uh, uh, uh it's like weird because there's like a lot, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I can't pinpoint a specific one, but I would say that, um, and they already, uh, and like, I do agree with that aspect of like patience. I feel like I, I very much am patient since like my past couple of relationships I've been with, like people who's been like it's it was like their first relationship and i feel Mm -hmm. like you're more in hot water if you're their first relationship so like you know you kind of it's kind of up to them on if you're the right fit for them if you've already made the decision right so um yeah um i would concur with that uh position on like patience um i think a, a big quality of mine is that like i learned that like i oh i'll say a very current one that I just recently discovered about myself. I help too much. <laughs> no, gee shit. Like I, I help too much. Like I, um, I feel like I have to be their therapist. I feel like I have to be on their schedule and stuff like that. I feel like I have to like I'm fix like things that should honestly be their job. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like uh, I'm just learning more to like let things go and like let things happen and like leave the decision like up to them to like work on it for themselves and stuff like that and see what that turns into and also try to recognize it yeah stop doing other people's work okay period period so uh well with that being said and did anyone not go jermaine um something i learned about myself i don't i don't know if it's necessarily a good thing but i just learned how like 
how much I'm okay with not like talking. Like um, I, I could be with my partner and then we could be in silence for like hours. And I learned, I, I don't know, I didn't know that I was just so, like I can be with someone and also be quiet. Like, I thought that you always have to be with someone and be like talking the whole entire time. And I'm like, Do you find bliss in that? Are exhausting. <laughs> but I'm like, that honest silence is great. I relate mm-hmm. to that. Um, I don't know. I'm a loud fire sign myself. <laughs> and sometimes I don't know when to shut up. So that's something that I, I did learn throughout my relationships. And it's something that I've, I've worked on. And I also do appreciate silence for the most part. <laughs> but it's something I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Nice. So with all that being said, thank you all for um, being a part of Love, Sex, and Communication. We'll be moving on to our call to actions for the episode. Um, For those of you who are single, enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Learn more more about yourself during this period. And like, you know, as we talked about, as far as like the different definitions of love, like whatever fits you and your definition of love, just like practice and embody it, right? Um, if you're partnered, uh, like find the best way that fits you to love your environment, whether it's um, with to a stranger or to a partner and just like act on it. Um, any other call it actions you guys have? Live your best life. Live your best life. Period. Period. Oh, also, so learn your love why? language. Yes, learn your love language for yeah. real. I feel like it's very beneficial. Save yourself some time. <laughs> All right. Any last comments or questions or, you know, comments? We don't have time for questions. <laughs> what you guys got going on? We got um, Gavin with Greg here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, anything on your end, Jermaine? Um, no, not really. It's finals week for me in college, so. Mm, good luck on finals. Thank you. We're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. I'm saying, I'm saying. All right. Well, with all that being said, thank you. Have a good night. And we love you all. Bye, guys. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching our final episode of season one. We appreciate the love and support everyone has given us so far. And if you have any questions for us, check out our website at www.theminutekings.com. We also don't want you to forget our call to actions for the episode. If you're single, enjoy it and take time to learn about and love yourself. If you're taken, learn your love language and communicate it to your partner. Either way, find the best way that fits you to love your environment, whether it's a stranger to a partner. I hope you guys enjoyed our season one episodes. Please share with your friends and anyone you know who may enjoy our content. To wrap up, I want to encourage you to join us as a guest for season two if you want to participate in our discussions of various topics. We would love to have your perspective. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay engaged with us daily at The Minute Kings. With all that being said, be a leader, educate yourself, and create space in your communities. Bye, guys.